name's Sid Garza Hillman, and this is what I think. Thank you guys for both for being here. Um, I was trying to think of when I saw both of you last. Robert was, I believe, Scottsdale. It was either Scottsdale or Sedona. Might have been Sedona. Sedona or Florida too. Didn't I see you in Florida? Oh, that's right. Yeah, we did. Yeah, the Scottsdale was when we arm wrestled. These are rich people towns. If you remember that, uh, we, we only go to rich people I, towns. I think I want. Yeah, Robert and I only <laughs> frequent uh, higher end. I think we're going to be in Aspen. Uh, yeah, it's actually not too far from me. I'll, I'll drive over there shortly and uh, I'll, I'll wait for you at the tarmac. I assume you have a private I plane. Re- I, read that, I read that you uh, moved to Colorado because last time we saw each other, you were living in Arizona, if I'm not, yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, yep. I'm definitely living that mile high life. So uh, I'm out here yep. in northern Colorado these days. Nice. And Matt, I think the last time I saw you, we were drinking whiskey with uh, Doug Hayes' father. Uh, and I think... <laughs> I think the whiskey was uh, plant-based, if I'm not mistaken. Well, I wasn't drinking any whiskey. I'm, I'll tell you that much. I haven't drank any whiskey since... <clears throat> since uh, You didn't have a sip know. of Kentucky whiskey that day? I may have tasted it, but I wasn't drinking it. I, I can't. It, it comes right back up. I, at, would, my bachelor, at my bachelor party, I took a shot of whiskey and instantly threw up five seconds later. Because, oh, like, wow. right, I, showed, I showed up. I was like, fourth one there. They said, here's your shot. I did it. Just immediately threw up in the toilet. I had that moment, uh, <laughs> uh, but I had that moment um, with tequila in high school where for years I couldn't drink tequila because it was just that, it was like, it's not, it's not. Are you drinking beet juice? What's happening over there in, in the Fraser house? That is, that is a, a lot of vegetables, including beets. I think it's his yes. warrior drink. He's a warrior diet drink, if I'm not mistaken. I call it the blood of the enemy. The blood That's of the enemy. <laughs> nice. Good. Yeah. Um, well, anyways, thanks. I'm glad you guys are uh, here. Um, this book is, um, I'm going to start with a critique of the book. If you guys don't, <laughs> don't get angry about this, but I found Please. it, I found there was not, not that much information. I felt it was kind of fluffy. I felt like it didn't <laughs> yeah. have substance. And so I wanted to know. Yeah, um, kind of rushed it, kind of rushed yeah. it. Two and a half, two and a half, three years was kind of the, we just really just raced to the finish line with this one. Yeah. It seems to me that you kind of threw it together. I will say that my new book, Six Truths, I wrote in an hour and a half. So I, <laughs> I, I feel like uh, there's a, there's a like difference of two, of two books in all seriousness. It's super, um, I mean, I just got it from your publisher like two days ago and I was like, oh, okay, I'll whip through it. And I was like, holy crap, this has got like a lot of stuff. So this is a, um, uh, uh, a resource times a thousand. And um, I will say that I feel like with all the information out there and you guys did an excellent job compiling everything, but there is a part of me that goes, okay, so is this going to be the final one? <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like <laughs> right. is this going to be the thing that finally changes people's minds? Um, I wanted to, to hear from both of you. I'll just kind of choose who goes first randomly, um, mostly Robert, and to, to just say, um, what was your inspiration for this? Um, obviously, the movie Game Changers, I saw the, the link in your, not link, but in your, in your book title, a game-changing approach. There's a, definitely like a theme of... Was there a movie? People keep what, saying that. Was, was there a kind of movie or something movie? I thought we just made up a good subtitle. Yeah, exa- I know. Exactly. And, um, and, and what was your, like, what brought you guys together, first of all, on it? I know you guys have been friends for a long time, but what was the impetus? Who started the conversation? We've got to get this going on. The, the sheer amount of 
elite athletes that you brought in for this thing is insane. I don't even know what the logistical nightmare that must have been to contact everybody and get everybody's quotes and inputs and meal plans and, and you know, daily what they do every day. I mean, good. I can't even imagine. So anyway, let me start with you, Robert. Uh, and you guys can jump back and forth, but what was the impetus? What was the, obviously you've written a couple books and, and yeah. what was this next level, next incarnation about? Yeah. Well, I mean, for full transparency, I think it's, it's, it's fun in this conversation to, to actually tell that story. I, I wrote a book proposal for the plant-based athlete in 2013 and it almost, almost got published. Um, I was going direct to a publisher as well. It didn't quite make it. I worked with an agent and uh, that didn't quite work out either. So I kind of put it on the shelf for a while and I self-published Shredded and Plant-Based Muscle. And um, that publisher that I that almost took a chance on this book ended up publishing Matt's book, uh, The No Man Athlete Cookbook, The Experiment. And uh, so, you know, uh, so we still got another book or Matt got a book out there with that publisher. And then I was in 2018, I was having dinner with Brian Wendell from Forks Over Knives. And he said, hey, you want to give this a shot again? Because uh, he put me in touch with the previous agent. And I said, sure. So he put me in touch with an agent. And I went back to the same concept. I wanted to tell this the compelling stories of the world's greatest plant-based athletes. I wanted to uh, to make this happen. And so I figured um, if I was going to make this happen, uh, I want to join forces with somebody who can help bring it to life. And uh, And Matt was honestly the first person that I thought of. And in fact, I was so compelled, I flew across the country to meet with Matt in person and uh, and pitched it to him in person um, because that's how meaningful it was for me. I wanted to be able to have a, a sit down conversation and bring this to life. And so Matt said he's in. And so we went to work and said the you're right, the the logistical. I mean, you look at the first page, I think it, where it lists every athlete's name that we interviewed, you know, 60 or so. Uh, that was a that was a tough uh you know, a, t a tall task, a tall order, but, uh, but we made it through and, and told some really, really exciting and inspiring, motivating stories that are woven throughout the book. And I think that is one of the aspects that's going to really resonate with readers. So my perspective here, Sid, which kind of goes back to your question of like, is this going to be the one? Um, I was actually, after Normandy at the cookbook, I was, I told myself that I was finished writing books. Not not because like that went badly. It actually has gone great. That's been a very just keep selling year after year. I'm really happy with how that has done and how how it has helped people. Um, but I just thought that like I didn't have any more to say as far as my message went. Like I had put my thing in my first book. My shtick was all there. Then the recipe follow up book and like I didn't you know other than like changing topics like you do all the time. I didn't have anything else to like you know say unless it was a personal development book or something different. Um, but so I, I just kind of figured it was finished and then. Robert uh, approached me. We, we took a little walk on the boardwalk and we're in Florida at this event. And uh, he came out there so that we could have this conversation apparently. Um, <laughs> and he asked if I wanted to do it. And I was like, man, like, and so the way he presented it was we've done our books before we've said our approach. And so have, you know, 10 other people at this point who have written good, you know, popular, successful vegan fitness books, right. but they're always one person telling their specific way of doing it and their specific story. And, that's why this one's different. That's why I agreed to do this book. That's why this, when I heard Robert brought this idea to me, why I was like, this, I'm in, like, this is great. Because the idea was not make it about any one person's approach. It was, let's talk to some of the very top athletes in the world. Um, and a whole lot of them. And let's see what their approach is. And then let's see what we can learn about how all of the best plant-based athletes do this and how they, you know, the diet, the, the way they make it work for their sport. So when you ask if this is the one, I don't know. I mean, who knows what's going to be yeah. the one that really captures everybody's minds, but like, 
this is different from what there's been before. That, so yeah. I think there's a good, it has a, as good of a shot or a better shot than any yet to me because it's, it's different. Like this is, this is a growing up sort of, of this movement for me. It's like now we're not just, you know, telling N equals one stories, but this time it's an N equals 60 and it, way more than that that have kind of, you know, in the background of all this. So that's right. And, and also if I can just quickly add to that, uh, and Matt, yes, that was really the, the primary reason uh, for going out to Balance for Life in Florida. I wanted to meet with you. Like I, this was a big shot and I, I knew that you could bring something huge to the table here and obviously it, it worked out. Um, and that was a fun event as well, a health conference out in Florida. But also what Matt just said, is this the one or what you were asking said, is this the one? What we've heard so far from Rich Roll Rip Esselstyn, Brendan Brazier, people who have read the book, people who are in the book, people who have the book, they are, they love it. Like they, I mean, they can't recommend it highly enough. Like they they realize that th- there's been this maturing effect that's happened in our movement, and many of them were early. Also, let's be honest, Brendan Brazier was very early writing books about this topic. Scott Jurek was fairly early. Rich Roll was early. Matt and I were early. Right, Fiona Oaks was early. We, we've all learned from those experiences, and now we're able to reflect on this body of work. And I think most people know, I think they're really, I don't know. I don't want to say like respectful or, or whatever the word is, but they've, they've understood that Matt and I have cultivated and nurtured large audiences for essentially decades in, in our work. And they realize that it's, it's kind of appropriate that we bring this book to life, that Matt and I are the authors and we're able to share their stories and the highlights of their stories and really uh, point people to their direction because they're the ones that have uh, succeeded and excelled to such a high level. And so, I mean, I get emails all the time, you know, from conducting these interviews that people are so excited about this book. And I'm talking like Olympic gold medalists who email me like, Robert, I can't wait for my copy. Where is it? And that's, that tells me that this is different yeah, yeah. than just like, it's Matt's new book. Let's, oh, I'm, uh, you know, obligatory post. I've got to do a thumbs up now because Matt asked me is that to. What, is that what you do? When, is that what people do? That's what the whole world goes, oh, it's Matt's new book. <laughs> anyway, yeah, well, you know, what's interesting is as I, as, I, as, I, as, I, as I was looking through the, um, through the, you know, you know, perusing the 353 pages of the, uh, and look, it's fine. Uh, and anyways, but, but, um, you know, it's funny cause it, it, in some ways it came like one book I read recently, uh, the breath, but I'm a breathing coach now, so I'm totally into the breathing thing right now, but breath by James Nestor, which is another one of these books really well written by a journalist that sort of gets into these different areas. And I almost found a similar thread, even though you guys are both athletes yourself and you don't both tell your stories, but there was an aspect of almost a journalistic aspect to this book of you guys interviewing people and really trying to cultivate uh, a huge width and breadth of information into one volume, which I think you did really, really well. But it was interesting to see that perspective of you guys both being in the world that you're writing about, but also in a way stepping outside of it as a, almost as a journalistic kind of pursuit, which I thought was really interesting. I think that uh, that will blend and 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 translate very well into the marketplace, I hope, because I think, well, it looked like, looked like it already has. There's a lot of attention around this book, and I think it's rightfully deserved. But um, I, I mean, I was half jesting when I said, is this the final one? And the reason is, is because we've, we've all been doing this a long time. Yeah. Right. And, and the amount of science out there, the amount of research out there. And I was trying to remember when I joked, when I made this joke, it was either in one of my videos or my podcast or something. But I said, you know, when 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 people try to convince non plant based people that um, that plant based is doable, we have to it has to be so 
like elite. We have to go like, listen, there was a guy and he climbed Kilimanjaro on his fingertips and he <laughs> could do that plant-based. And that, and that, like it takes that to convince somebody. Yeah, it's not photosynthesis, it, yeah, just it's, yeah, it's, energy it's, from the sun. Well, and- no, it's not even that. It's like the, the amount of, the feats of strength and ex- excellence that we that we have to convince, it takes right. that much to convince somebody that we can't be like, hey, this guy's a father of two and he works full-time and his wife, she works full-time and they're plant-based and they're doing great. That's not enough. It has to be gold medalists, <laughs> championship swimmers, you know, and you did all that, but it's like, what is it going to take before people realize, okay, it's, it's not only can you get by, it's, it's preferable on the body. I mean, I'm a nutritionist. It's like the amount of what's interesting to me about the book is I want, and I want you both to speak of this also, Robert, because you're a, you were a professional weightlifter. Um, the, the oftentimes people have this kind of ethic or whatever it is about, you know, uh, oh, that person's a triathlete, they can eat whatever they want because they exercise all the time. When in fact, physiologically, the opposite is true. When you're putting that much demand on your body to be healthy, your body needs the nourishment and the support nutritionally to pull off that level of stress. And I mean, maybe weightlifting is one of the most relevant places, but also mixed martial arts. And I know you have some mixed martial art, uh, athletes interviewed in your, in your book as well. Um, so speak to that, Robert, as a weightlifter. I mean, I know that as a class of athletes, weightlifters often suffer from things like heart disease because they're, 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 their bodies are responding to the stress of the weight training by building muscle, but sometimes at the expense of their overall health. So Robert, speak to that first. And then Matt, I like your perspective too as an ultra runner. And I know you've dabbled in, in um, weight. Last time, I think we talked or last year, you were in like a pretty heavy duty weightlifting program. I don't know if you're still doing that, but I know you were doing that for a while. So Robert, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, thanks, Sid. Well, first, I do want to clarify. I actually am uh, amateur status, not professional in um, in weightlifting. It's it's one of those complicated things. It's it's uh, different divisions and different levels of status in that. But just wanted to you know just clarify yeah, for accuracy. That's fine. Uh, but I appreciate yeah, but, that. But but a, but a but a competitive athlete. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been a champion bodybuilder multiple times. Competed at the Natural Bodybuilding World that's Championships I mean. back in two thousand six, and yeah. had a had a, a you know pretty yeah, successful yeah. run as a bodybuilder. And so, yeah, so th- you're, you're talking about something you're, you're just not good at, you're just not good at making money from it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Keep my amateur status, hoping the Olympics are still an uh, option for me in my forties. Um, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> keep keeping that door open. You got to keep it ajar. You got to keep it ajar. Um, yeah, it's actually yeah. pretty near and dear to me this topic because uh, I've met so many bodybuilders who have unfortunately um, gone too soon, passed away in their forties from a very heavy uh, animal protein diet. I mean, very heavy, hundreds and hundreds of grams of animal protein per day. Who suffered a massive heart attacks, organ failure, um, arteries just completely clogged up, no more blood flow. And they just, they, they, they passed away in an, in unfortunate ways in their forties. Um, I can list I mean, many, many, many of them. And I, I met a bunch of them in person, got photos with them. One I even featured in one of my books because he was someone I kind of looked up, looked up to, even though he was notorious for kind of teasing vegetarians and for not, you know, getting quality protein and all this stuff. And unfortunately, uh, you know, his, his career came to an end as, as did his life. This is, this is a very common theme in the sports that I actually kind of hang around bodybuilding, powerlifting, pro wrestling. Um, I mean, it sounds kind of like a, a unique little trifecta there, but that's, that's kind of the community that I've been hanging around. And that is a very, very difficult lifestyle to live. If you're not taking precautions to make sure your dietary patterns are suitable for living a, a healthy and long life. Now I do want to specify in some cases there are 
uh, anabolic drugs and steroids and growth hormone used in these in these professional bodybuilders and uh, pro wrestlers and such, which may or may not have an impact on their on their early mortality rates. Mm-hmm. But clearly, when you look at the cause of early mortality, it's uh, it's it's related to um, heart disease, heart attack, and organ failure, largely from a, a, a massive high calorie consumption of animal protein. And so the, the, the issue there is that there's this perception that, that this is really masculine, right? That, that, that eating a lot of meat and lifting heavy weights is a very masculine thing to do. Uh, I came from a running background initially, came from a farming background. Uh, I came from being a pretty, pretty thin long distance runner with aspirations of being a bodybuilder and a champion bodybuilder and a pro wrestler and all these things. And I eventually did put on a hundred pounds and I was able to do it in a, uh, in a practical and, and healthy way to go from 120 pounds to 220 pounds, which is approximately what I am today. And I, what I'm really hoping is that people can really resonate, not just with my message, but with, with other people who are featured in the plant-based athlete, like Nick Squires, who just set four California state powerlifting records last weekend that you can be big and strong and build muscle on a plant-based diet. And that's still the question that people are worried about. People are still worried about protein. People are still worried about, about, uh, the masculinity issue. People are still worried about, uh, physical performance, especially in strength sports. But I'm here to say, and so are many others that you can be, I mean, you can be an Olympic weightlifter. You can, you can make it to the Olympic games. You can do all these things, you know, or, or maybe not you, but people, ha- you know, people have, I'm not saying listeners are going to go, you know, represent their nation and carry the flag at the opening ceremony. But the fact that a plant-based diet has not prevented people from doing that. And that's one of the exciting things about the plant-based athlete is that it's not just runners like Scott Jurek and Brendan Brazier and Fiona Oaks and Rich Roll who are all in the book. But there are powerlifters, there are bodybuilders, including professional bodybuilders who have been vegan since birth. And if that doesn't communicate a message about getting adequate protein and doing it in a healthy way, then I don't know what does. And so I'm hoping this is that resource that is shared with everybody, including from the celebrity athletes who are in the book saying, hey, this is the go-to resource. This is what you need to learn to to follow this how-to approach. You just adjust your calorie intake. You just adjust your protein needs based on your gender, age, uh, body type, size, your sport, all that stuff. And you can follow a plant-based meal plan to see you through the finish line in a healthy and sustainable way. Sid, I think... um I like your question actually because I've been trying to to in my head kind of sort out where uh you know where where this fits like you know this book and, and basically the idea of like that plant-based athletes can be really good at their sports and that a plant-based diet can work really well for sports. Uh, I think I think there's a at least my sense until I really kind of read the book in like its final version. I was kind of thinking that we were setting out to um create you know, this argument that said that a plant-based diet is the best diet for sports. Um, and, and it's kind of hard to make that argument because, mm-hmm. you know, like, like Robert just said, you got people using all kinds of different drugs and things like that. But even short of that, like you can imagine a sport or a, or a weightlifter in a short term period where like drinking, I don't know, whatever they drink, two gallons of whole milk per day. And it's hard to keep up with that in, in the, with a plant-based diet. And especially if like you're eating whole foods and a healthy version of a plant-based diet, it would be hard to keep up with that kind of caloric intake and not much, much less one that's like hormonally active the way whole milk is. And so like, certainly we can find spots where you could say, but wouldn't this diet be a little bit better right here than, than a plant-based diet would. And, and who knows if the answer is yes or not, but it's, it's a hard argument to make to say like, this is universally better because we're not, we haven't yet seen 
you know, tons and tons of pro athletes. We're seeing a handful and, and there are some at the very top of their games, which is awesome. Um, but you, the answer to your question though, is, is for me kind of the real answer that like the, like there's with performance versus longevity, there's this trade-off in the right. short term. If you're trying to be an extremely good performer at something, one of the best in the world, or you're just going, you know, even if you're not one of the best in the world, but you're trying to get the very most you can out of your body, your genetics, the things you're going to need to do, the amount of training, the amount of caloric consumption pretty much for a lot of sports, that's generally not a good thing for your longevity. Right. But if you can do, if you can choose the plant-based diet, which where I think this book makes the point that like that, that is just as good as the other diet. I'm not trying to say it's better, but it is at least as good. It is worthy of consideration among other diets. If you're trying to be really good at a sport, the plant-based one is going to be the one that, that doesn't really have much of a trade-off for your longevity. And not just that, but also probably keeps you going in your sport much longer. So I mentioned the weightlifter who might drink these two gallons of whole milk per day and whatever else compared to the plant-based weightlifter, who's just not going to get quite as many calories and going to have some, some trouble keeping up at least in terms of calories. But that plant-based weightlifter is going to be able to do it for five or 10 more years. I'm not, you know, that's just a hypothetical example, but you see so many athletes who are doing this in the twilight of their careers and just enjoying a resurgence in their careers because they, they find a plant-based diet. Chris Paul's a great example. Um, but there, there are many more. And, and that seems to be one of the benefits. It's not just like, this is going to get you to the very not top next level right now, but this is what's going to let you keep doing it, it at a level very close to your best for, for many years. Yeah. And I think, I think that's a key point, Matt, because I think that a lot of times in that, in the recommendations and things like that, it, there is a difference between, well, if you look at, I mean, let's face it, most professional athletes are not plant, 100% plant-based. I mean, you, you gathered a lot, but overwhelmingly most are not. So it's not like you can make the case. You can't be at the top of your game unless you're on a plant-based diet. So I think you right. made that point very clear. The question is, can you be at the top of your game and be in a plant-based diet? And the answer is yes, also. So if you consider those other things, I remember years ago when I was, I, you know, I just, I did my first ultra marathon six years ago. And I remember I was listening to this, the ultra runner podcast. I've since become friends with that guy, Eric Schranz, a really good guy. He was interviewing a, a, um, a, a, a professional ultra runner. And I remember the guy talking about his, his diet. And he said, um, yeah, I'm eating a lot. I swear to you, it was calf liver. And like olive oil, it was one of these things. And I was like, holy crap, right? But the guy's just freaking burning through races, right? And I remember thinking to myself at the time, I was like, I want to see that guy in five years. That, just because I know the, I know the difference. It's like, I know what, you, you know, you, you hear all these stories, like they eat cheese pizza and they win these races. I know, but if they want to continue. So sure enough, five years, guess what? He's 100% plant-based. I freaking knew mm. it. I knew it. I was like, what will that guy be doing in five years if he wants to keep running? Right. Right. So it's like the analogy I use with the car. It's like you can put just gas and no motor oil in a car and it'll start up and run and it'll go fast for a very short time. But if you put motor oil in it and keep the engine, you know, running well, then it'll keep, keep going even longer. So it's, it it is that difference between short-term, you know, elite level top of your game stuff and then, you know, longevity and health and, 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 and that as well. Um, but I mean, if you look at every, I argue, on occasion with people like every blue, most blue zones in the world, not hundred percent plant-based, right? So, yeah. so the question is, can you be, and yes, the answer is yes. So now the question is this, and I found, and, and I always read these books and I go, are they going to go there? And you guys went there and it's fine, but I always wonder if there's going to be a back, I'll tell you what I'm talking about in a second, backlash of like, oh, that was the thing. And what you mentioned was the environmental impact of this diet 
Okay. That there's bigger picture than just the nutrition. So this is, this is where it gets interesting because can somebody look at you go, okay, well, that's all great. But what you're really trying to do (laughs) is get your agenda across. And, and this is because if you go nutrition to nutrition, somebody on a paleo diet, if they're doing a pretty healthy version, which is not very much animal protein and mostly whole plants can kill a certain sport probably as easy as somebody on a hundred percent plant-based diet, but there are bigger pictures at hand. So speak to that on, and why, what was your decision to put that, to include that into the book? Yeah, I think that's just that that's an overwhelmingly important thing to bring into the conversation. Uh, just like, so we're talking about all these plant-based athletes. And when we interviewed them, you may have seen also, uh, depending on the time that you had to peruse the book, there's this, you know, finding your why, you know, why did you do this in the first place? Because we did, we deliberately did not talk about that at first. It was not in the first draft. It was not in the second draft. I don't believe we didn't want to talk about why people got into a plant-based diet. We wanted to talk about the results their, like how their life changed, like how their inflammation went away, how their energy went up, how their performance improved, like how their world around them completely w- was transformed. But then we decided to, you know, let's, let's just, you know, ask a handful of athletes why they did this. And most of the responses actually surprisingly did come from an ethical perspective. And I question whether we should have that in there or, or, or not as well, in case there's this, this underlying agenda people suspect or something like that. But these were also just the true stories of at least of those who, who presented their, their information. And really Matt and I both follow under, follow in that category as well. We were under that umbrella of, you know, we made this, it was for ethical reasons that we decided to eliminate all animal protein and all animal byproducts from our diets and, and performance was, you know, a, a kind of a benefit of that, uh, so to speak. So, uh, so we just felt like it was important. It is important to bring up some of those things, just like it was important to address, you know, the, the soy and estrogen issue, this big fear of especially men consuming soy. Like we just needed to, these elephants in the room just couldn't roam around anymore. We needed to bring that up because at the end of the day, it's, your, your personal nutrition, your personal sport is really kind of a selfish thing. I mean, really, really self-centered. Like I'm, I'm going to follow this diet that, you know, eats these, the livers of these animals or their, their organs, or I'm going to eat this raw meat or whatever, because this is going to make me feel good about myself and be big and strong. And I'm going to be ripped and post on Twitter and Instagram. Look at me at the expense of another, you know, animal's life. And I, I just think it's important that we at least have that conversation. Um, uh, even though many, many, many people we interviewed for the book came to a plant-based diet because they had inflammation and they wanted to improve performance. There are certainly a a number of them who also care about the world around them and the, the environmental implications and the, the animals that are impacted by this. And I, I felt much like forks over knives who put a few, just a few minutes in there, you know, they included Gene Bauer and they included a little bit of that environmental thing. It's a key part of yep. the puzzle. And, and I don't think it's enough in a book with a hundred thousand words to deter people, you know, with, with a few paragraphs about that. Yeah. Uh, for me, Sid, like that, that has been an issue before. I don't ever write all Nomi content about animals or about environment. Uh, occasionally we'll have someone on the podcast who's motivated mostly by one of those things. Although I should say I was motivated by that. Like Robert sure. said, like that's, sure. I did it for animals in the beginning. Um, but I, I guess for me, like, so anyway, I've, I've had the publishers impact. My first publisher wanted me to put a section like that in the book. And I said, no, I'm not going to do it. It just, it doesn't fit. Uh, and I think it, I think it kind of undermines the, the cause a little bit and undermines the case we're trying to make. Like you said, um, 
I think that if this were like a book where if we if the target audience of this book was the elite athlete who is really trying to get to the very top of their sport, you know, their sport, I think that would not belong in there. It shouldn't be in there, the environmental stuff. Um, because of exactly what you said. It just it just makes it suddenly seem like there might be something else going on here. Um, but to me, like I don't know. The person this is for isn't that person. It's, it's just because there aren't that many of those people. We want this book to make an impact and get a whole lot of people to to eat this diet. Uh, not just for their health, not just for the environment, not just for the animals, all these things. It, it has all of these great things going for it. And to me, I think we do more, I think we do more good by someone reading this book and being excited about it and seeing that part and that being the part that makes them say, yes, you know, this is right. Kind of going back to the last question, like, I'm not trying to say the plant-based diet is the only great choice for short-term sports performance. There are obviously lots of them, but we've got all these other things that it does. It has this sustainability feature, not just for our careers and our lifespan or health span, but also for the, the bigger picture, the environment and animals. So to me, like that part of the argument is an important one when we're trying to get a lot of people to do this. Um, so that's why it's here, but I, I totally get what you're saying. And I, and I think that's, I think that's a really important question. Well, I, you know, I, I come from, yeah, I mean, I come from obviously a philosophy background. My, my whole filter is always through ethics. And, and I think that health in general, happiness in general, should incorporate all the aspects of what it is to be a successful human being. And so I, I, it wasn't a, it really wasn't a critique. It was more like I saw that in there and I thought, I wonder if that will be, it may not be, it may be like totally fine. And, and, and I like what Robert was saying about, as you interviewed actual people and they're talking about it, then obviously it's a real consideration for people. And by the way, when you feel happier and, and less stressed about what you eat, that can only add to further sports performance. You know, when you're feeling in general, good, you know, good on a physical level in, in multiple places, I did see a through line. I mean, it's so everywhere in your book of better recovery, better recovery, better recovery, better recovery. I mean, it's like, boom, 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 boom. I mean, it's like real, you know, and, and with, with every athlete, um, for the, for the, you know, my listeners are squarely in the completely not elite athlete realm. Um, uh, that's just my, my work. What do you say to them, to people who are everyday folks doing their business weekend warriors running a few miles a day, biking, whatever else, how does this book and Robert alluded to it earlier, but in terms of like adjusting your calories, adjusting your protein, et cetera, et cetera. I really like the fact that you like really put carbohydrates in there because it, you know, obviously drives me nuts when people are like carbs are bad. I'm like, no, they're actually the best. But anyways, <laughs> um, anyways, but um, how do you, what do you say to the, to the everyday man and uh, woman who just is kind of doing their deal? How does this book apply? How can they use it practically to, to, to recalibrate for them day to day? Matt, why don't you go first on this one? Yeah, sure. So, because um, you're, you're more regular. <laughs> yeah, well, plant-based diet helps me do my business. That's no, what, I don't uh, mean. Jeez, Matt, I was it's, just, it's, all the, it's all the fiber. I was just saying, <laughs> it's the warrior drink he's got. He's <laughs> actually needs. To, can we pause? He's got to run to the restroom real quick. Yeah, and it, you, what, what, you, what nobody saw is that I didn't hit record fast enough. Matt got up and put in a huge plant in the background. Is that a fern or something? I mean, just literally like place. It's actually it? not even real. It's a plastic. Uh, is it really? Plant. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. We're in this apartment in Charlotte, and. uh there's not enough light to like support real plants. So gotcha. that's the closest thing I can do. <laughs> so good. Anyway, so go ahead to start with it. Anyway, uh, this again kind of goes back to what we said earlier, like that if you're eating a plant-based version of an athlete diet, um, 
certainly the elite athlete is going to be doing some things that are not the perfect choice for just the weekend warrior, you know, at home person. Uh, but mostly that is, that's probably to do with like sports supplements they might be taking. And then also just the number of calories. Uh, but it's really not that different. Like that, that's why it's so good for why it extends careers and why it does. So it lets people perform at a very high level, I suspect without damaging seriously their chances of living a long time. Um, and in fact, compared to other diets really helps that. And we're seeing that in the science that's, that's not even really debatable now. Um, so I think, I, I think it's, it's kind of unique among sports diets in that, like, it's also really good, even if you're not that active, like, even if you, even if you weren't active at all, I would still say you should be eating pretty much the same diet. A lot of these elite athletes are eating just less of it, just, just fewer calories. Right. You don't need to eat significantly less protein. Maybe certain athletes have, and you'll see in the book or you've seen like the day in the life section that has the 25 different athletes, people eat really different. There are some yeah. common themes, um, but, but there are lots and lots of ways to make this thing work. So some of them are eating a whole lot of protein or trying to get a lot of protein for their particular sport or their philosophy. Um, but you see that there are plenty who don't. And, and to me, this, this book allows you to eat like an athlete, uh, and, and, you know, perform like one in whatever it is that, that you do. Uh, that's one of the just amazingly great, unique things about a plant-based diet, um, is that the same things that work for, for short-term recovery from, from, you know, muscle damage and inflammation, uh, to get you ready to perform the next day there, there, it's almost the same mechanism that is, that is helping with disease prevention in the long term. So it's, it's such kind of a, a holistic diet that just kind of applies to, to everyone. Um, and to me, that's, I think, I think the typical average person who eats a pretty healthy plant-based diet, I think, I think reading a book like this, they would, they would not only find inspiration in what the other athletes are doing, uh, and just the idea that they're eating like an athlete, much like I drink juice, like a warrior. Um, I just, I think, I think the actual nutritional tips as well. I, I think you can clean up your diet. I think you can, you know, people, people do still worry about protein. And I think you read this, you find, I think it'll give you a lot of confidence um, to know that you're kind of doing the same things as these lead athletes who are certainly getting enough protein are doing. Um, so that's, that's kind of my take. I don't know, Robert, what do you think about, about yeah, thanks, Matt. Yeah. And w what I would say for the weekend warrior, the, the non-athlete, you know, what's in it for me, I would say this book, this book is for you, you know, because these elite athlete stories in the book are, are so aspirational. They're so inspirational as well. They, they inspire you to want to be more active and go, uh, you know, take a few more steps or go run a little bit further or make that conscious effort to have a little bit of a healthier lunch or dinner. It's, it's not that we all are going to be like these athletes. It's that their stories are so motivational and so encouraging and uplifting that you can't help but say, man, this is a really good read. I just feel good reading about these people who overcame addiction, overcame body image issues, overcame obesity, overcame injuries, overcame career ending situations, overcoming, overcoming internal struggle, uh, these types of things. And I think as readers, just as, as Everyday people, we can relate to some of those issues that these athletes have gone through and what they've been able to do is, is persevere and overcome that and achieve in their sport, even when they dealt with, with um, depression and mental illness or obesity or drug addiction, and they went on to become great athletes. And I think, like you said, Matt, and as Dr. Greger says, who wrote the foreword for our book, which we're, we're honored to have him on board, is that a plant-based diet should be the default diet until proven otherwise because of its ability to impact 
all cause of mortality and just lead to longevity. And Sid, to your point, you're right. You can live a great blue zones diet with a little bit of fish here and a little bit of, you know, whatever other animal protein here and there. But the, the, the plant-based diet, either exclusively plant-based or very, very, very heavy plant-based diet has just proven to be effective as far as maintaining a healthy body weight, maintaining healthy levels of dietary cholesterol, maintaining open and, and effective flowing arteries, uh, maintaining, uh, you know, overall health biomarkers that are, that are desirable. Uh, it has the ability in some cases to uh, possibly prevent and even reverse certain, certain diseases that are, they're common degenerative diseases. And Sid, the theme, as you hit the, 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 the nail on the head is this idea with inflammation, the inflammation is the Achilles heel of, of the American diet and not just the American diet, but the American active person who is, whether you, you consider yourself an athlete or not, and who knows whether even any of the three of us consider ourselves like athletes in this exact moment that we're having this conversation, but the, the, the active person who's taken their dog for a walk or plays intramural sports or just is a busy stay at home parent, uh, deals with inflammation and soreness and fatigue. And a plant-based diet can help alleviate a lot of that. And the cases could not be more clear in the book. And that is what I really love. Uh, from conducting these interviews, it's not just, well, I'm vegan because you know I'm doing it for the animals and we'll see how my athletic career works out. But that's not the case. The case is that I had inflammation. I'm already an athlete. I wanted to get more mileage out of my diet. I came to plant-based diet and I was able to have the pain go away and I was able to improve and prolong my career. That's the thing Matt and I are doing interviews all the time and it's, it's inflammation and longevity. I mean, that, that's it. I mean, wh why are these people like Rip Esselstyn setting world records at age 59, you know, uh, being the best in the world in his age group in the 200 meter backstroke? Why is John Joseph at almost age 60 doing Ironman triathlons full length Ironman triathlons. You know, why, why is uh, Fiona Oaks and, and Christine Vardaro still competitive in their fifties in their respective sports? And, and, you know, the famous quote from Rich Roll about how he reached his, you know, athletic peak well into his mid forties. There's something here that, that has to do with inflammation and longevity that benefits those who eat plants. And that is really the key message that any weekend warrior, any casual recreational athlete, or even non-athlete can benefit from. Yeah, super cool. Well, I think that's uh, that about sums it up. Um, I I think you guys did an incredible job. I think you should pat yourselves on the back. It's a massive. Uh, I can't wait to get the physical book. I haven't gotten it yet, but I'm assuming. Oh, you haven't? No, but I See, got the. Here's here's some. There it is. Hundred of them in my apartment. Oh, they, mu uh, they must be like it? in media mail or something. I don't know why they're taking so long because they've been yeah, they've well, been sent out to people, including you. Yeah. Um, when Matt when Matt emailed me and he's like, "Has the publisher been in touch?" I was like, "No." He goes, "Do you have the book?" I was like, "No, I don't have the book." Anyways, <laughs> we had so that. This is my funny hey. story. Funny, funny story about this book. My mom ordered this from Amazon. She got it like the week it came out and she, and I was zooming with my parents over the weekend and she goes, Oh, I have the, I have your book right here. And the cover was misprinted and she didn't even oh, know man. my name. It was cut off here. And my, I go, my, I go, mom, my name isn't even on the cover. Did you not like, it's not <laughs> even on the, she's like, Oh, like, is that not, that's not correct. Just huge white, white block here. I go, that was like complete. She didn't even notice. She was goes, it only that, that copy or was it all of the copies? 
No, but luckily it was a, just a few. <laughs> so the okay. publisher's okay. on it because he's getting some like books sent back and refunded. And I was like, oh my gosh. She goes, yeah, look at your book. I was like, that's not at all correct. Tell me that's not the book you got in the mail. <laughs> Anyways, it's nice to hold the physical book is all I'm saying. Um, yeah. You guys are awesome. You did a, you did an incredible job. And um, yeah, I, 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 I like to say I hope it does well, but it's already doing well. So I think, you're, I think you guys are going to kill it and, um, and, and rightfully so. So keep up the good work and, if, and I'll keep talking about it. I know uh, I talked about it yesterday at, at the Stanford Inn and Jeff bought a whole case as I was oh, sitting, nice. sitting next to him. And oh, so awesome. it, it'll, be, it'll be for sale at the, uh, at the Stanford Inn's uh, gift shop, bookshop. And so you guys are on your way. And uh, I hope we all- That's cross- actually where we're, we're directing every, all these podcasts when they ask where to buy it. I said, go to the Stanford Inn. The uh, Stanford Inn gift shop. shop. It's, 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 it's a, try to it's, go through them. Somehow, it's yeah, like, we, we it's like, the gateway to make the bestseller list. That, it's, that, it's, it's like it's like it's like Amazon Stanford Inn gift shop. It's a yeah. It, 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 there's like two different uh, portals there. Anyway, so cool. Sid, um, can I give the? Uh, we have a little pre-order bonus. I don't know what I don't know when this episode's going up, but it's going to uh, go up within the next few days, literally, because I know you okay, guys have cool. a June fifteenth, so I'm kicking this thing into gear. Yeah. So, so if you go to give it to me. Go to uh, book.nomadathlete.com. You'll see like all the links to all the bookstores. I actually, don't have the Stanford Inn bookstore there, but I should. Um, but there's also some details about how you can get all these bonuses that Robert and I put together, like a, like a special Q&A session just for people who do this, um, some meal plans, uh, an extra chapter, chapter about building muscle. Um, so a bunch of goodies if you if you see, follow the instructions there, forward your receipt on to us and all that. Um, but you got to do that before June 19th to, uh, to cash in on that. So uh, check it out, book.nomeatathlete.com. Book, and I'll link to it in the show notes. It's so funny because that's awesome. almost exactly like I did for this launch, except for I did zero of those things. <laughs> Um, anyways, except for have the cover misprinted. Uh, anyways, you guys are awesome. And, um, so I'll, I'll link to that, but book.nomeanathlete.com. Yes. Okay. Got it. Yep. And I'll read your guys' bios and people know how to reach you and I'll put that stuff. So anyways, cool. all right, you guys, Hey, listen, well, thank you, Sid. Keep, keep, yeah. keep, 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 out the, pe- keeping out the good word and, um, and hopefully we'll cross paths in physical forms very soon. Yes. yes? That would be nice. Another arm wrestling match. You're on, bring it. And that is the conclusion of the very first interview on the What Sid Thinks podcast. That either is something relevant or is not something relevant. I'll leave that for you all to decide. Next episode of the What Sid Thinks podcast, coming soon. She straightened up and repeated a story to me. She said, I have been lost, I have been.
definitely hadn't figured that out for myself And a sweet face of a quiet reckoning There before me silent and sad But for a simple dignity Face couldn't have told her all that.